For the New York State AFL-CIO, I'm Darcy Wells, and this is Union Strong. On August 20th, the National AFL-CIO Executive Council elected Liz Schuler to serve as president of the Federation of 56 Unions and 12 and a half million members. She becomes the first woman to hold the office in the history of the Labor Federation, and I'm honored to welcome President Schuler to the Union Strong podcast. Welcome. Hi, Darcy. Thank you so much for having me on the show. Well, I've been seeing and hearing you speak all across the country, uh, so I know how busy you are. So thank you for taking the time to join me. And I also wanted to note that our president, Mario Salento, who I know you've worked closely with over the years, he wants to send along his congratulations, and we all look forward to working with you. Absolutely. I'm, I'm a big fan of the labor movement of New York and your leadership and this podcast. So well, we <laughs> mutual love and respect. That. That's great. And, you know, it's hard to look forward without taking a moment to look back. So I did want to give you a moment to address the passing of President Richard Trumka. Uh, we were all so shocked and deeply saddened to have learned of his passing last month. And, and I know you've worked alongside Rich Trumka for so many years. That's right. Um, We were heartbroken and we're still actually grieving the loss of our our leader. Um, He was a giant in the labor movement, someone that was a true partner uh, to me. We worked alongside each other for 12 years as officers of the AFL-CIO. I, of course, was secretary treasurer as he was president. And we were constantly, you know, in sync with one another and uh, traveling the path together. So it was a Tremendous loss, um, and we, of course, keep moving forward as Rich would have wanted, and I think he leaves a powerful legacy. Um, he was truly at the top of his game, um, and, and he's been laser-focused on the PRO Act and fighting racism in our society and really building the labor movement uh, that we know will make a difference in this economy. Well, let me start by, as you know, as the first woman to hold the office of president, what message do you think that that sends to the labor movement? Well, yes, I'm the first woman, uh, hopefully not the last. And I look forward to the day where it won't be a novelty. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, And, uh, you know, I stand on the shoulders of of so many women that have come before me, um, powerful women, courageous women who've fought the good fights on the picket line and, you know, out in the front of protests and mobilizations. But also, I like to think of the women who are quietly leading in their workplaces every single day. And not many people know that the labor movement is the largest organization of working women in the country. We represent six and a half million women. So it is important to reflect your membership and your leadership. And I feel honored to bring voice to both women and men and, you know, all of our working people in the country that have seen this economy broken, they're fed up, they want more, and we want to be that change agent in the labor movement. Can you tell us a little bit about your own background and your exposure to the labor movement and how you got into leadership roles? Absolutely. I started out on the West Coast um, in Portland, Oregon. That's where I grew up. And I grew up in a union household. My father was a power lineman at the local utility company. My mom worked as a clerical worker. And the clerical workers weren't 
in a union. So they saw what it was like. I worked at that same utility company um, through my uh, going to college. And when I graduated, there were no jobs. It was kind of like today where people were piecing together two and three jobs. And um, so when I heard that the clerical workers at this utility company that I worked at, my mom worked at, uh, were trying to organize, I wanted to be a part of that movement. And so I signed up to be an organizer and the local union didn't have any women as organizers. And since we were organizing a largely female uh, workforce, they said, yeah, we need someone like you. So that's how I got my start. Uh, unfortunately, that campaign was met with opposition like we see in so many other organizing campaigns mm-hmm. where the company does the captive audience meetings and tries to intimidate and harass people. And in fact, my mother was called into a private meeting with the CEO um, as an intimidation tactic. But, you know, we were strong, we were uh, courageous. And, you know, it wasn't the last time that they attempted to organize that that electric utility company. But the point being that our labor laws are so badly broken that they're stacked against workers who want the freedom to form a union. So that's what I'm excited to continue the work that uh, Richard Trumka did on the PRO Act. And that's really one of the major priorities as we're heading into this Labor Day uh, for folks who are listening to really educate their fellow workers and their neighbors and friends about the need to reform our labor laws so that more people have access to a better life. Can you talk about that a little bit more? That um, And that is perfect for Labor Day, right, with talking about the PRO Act. What are the um, chances as you see it right now, and specifically what kind of a difference would it make? Well, for folks who are not familiar with the PRO Act, um, this is a both a um, piece of union legislation, but it's also civil and human rights legislation. It's racial equity legislation. It's gender equity legislation because, as we know, pay gaps and disparities and discrimination, um, you know, unions are, are the way to push through that and actually have a voice and some power in the workplace to eliminate those gaps. So we see this as a monumental bill that will reform the labor laws that are so broken in this country. And, you know, we have our work cut out for us. As you know, the Senate uh, has a very narrow majority, and we have an arcane rule in the Senate called the filibuster that is blocking progress. Mm -hmm. And not only is it blocking progress on the PRO Act, but it's blocking progress on voting rights legislation and, you know, the, um, the investments in the Build Back Better agenda and the infrastructure bill. So we need to get rid of these arcane rules, clear the path for democracy to actually work and function and deliver on the priorities that we voted for in the last election and clear the way for uh, things like the PRO Act. Well, when you think about we have Joe Biden as president, a huge supporter of unions, and Marty Walsh, a former labor leader himself, as secretary of labor. Do you feel we are in a really good place to make progress? Absolutely. I I think everything is lined up right now. We have this incredible opportunity in front of us. Yes, we have a pro-worker president, um, probably the most pro-union president we've had in our history, and vice president and vice president Harris. Congress. Um, We have, you know, the public on our side. You may have seen the Gallup numbers that just Mm -hmm. came out. 68% of the public is supportive of unions, including 77% 
of young people, which is really encouraging between 18 and 34. Um, and then we have workers who are standing up and demanding change in their workplaces. They're, they're fed up with the broken economic system. They finally see unions as the path forward. And so what I think is the real opportunity here is for our labor movement to meet this moment. You know, we have to build a bold, modern labor movement and meaning that, you know, we, everyone can have a good job, that we are fighting for those jobs so that not, you don't have to work three jobs to get by. You should be able to work one job and make a decent living and provide for your families. Um, that we are open to um, open wider than ever to a diverse and inclusive workforce where women and people of color are brought from the margins to the center. And we need to be a movement that is in every industry um, from tech to transportation and everything in between, because there are a lot of emerging industries on the horizon with these investments that are coming down in the uh, infrastructure bill and the Build Back Better agenda. And we want to make sure that there are unions giving voice to workers and power to get the fair share of the wealth that we help create um, to make sure that that's happening with these investments. You know, and you're right. You made some really good points. We are we see the support growing and we see, um, you know, these at different workplaces like Starbucks and newsrooms. And you mentioned, you know, digital media yeah. um, trying to unionize. What do you think is behind that? I mean, you touched on it with people, you know, wanting better lives for themselves and wanting respect and safety in the workplace. But do you think um, the covid pandemic played a role in that? Absolutely. It's such a good point, Darcy, because the pandemic had so many unknowns, especially at the beginning. People were struggling to figure out how to, you know, continue to work, to continue to make a living, to make sure they were doing it in safe conditions. We knew the lack of personal protective equipment and basic safety measures in the workplace because we didn't have that um, emergency temporary standard in place at OSHA. Uh, so really unions stepped up both in terms of giving voice to those who felt that they needed um, more safety protections in their workplace, um, but also, you know, looking at what were the jobs that really got us through this pandemic. It was the frontline essential workers that were union members, mm -hmm. and they are the ones who brought us through this pandemic. So I think the public is finally connecting the dots, if you will, that, you know, unions um, often have this perception that we're not relevant to the modern economy. And it couldn't, you know, we couldn't be more relevant to this economy. We are the ones that are on the front lines delivering for the public every single day. And we are dynamic and nimble and flexible for what's coming in the future. We know that a lot of the emerging industries that don't have union representation are ripe for organizing. So that is hopefully the message people take away this Labor Day is the opportunity is in front of us. We just need to build that modern movement that shows that all those workers out there that don't have a union are welcome in our movement and that the path to a better life runs right through the labor movement. And I think that's a perfect way to end, and especially for a great, great and positive, uplifting Labor Day message. So uh, Liz Schuler, president of the AFL-CIO, thank you. We wish you great success, and we certainly look forward to working with you and um, want to wish you a very happy Labor Day. Likewise, Darcy. Happy Labor Day. We look forward to continuing to work together.
Joining me now on the podcast is our digital director and the editor of the podcast, Kevin Einsman. Hi, Kevin. Hi, Darcy. And happy Labor Day to you. Happy Labor Day. So it was great hearing um, the President Schuler talk about her vision and, and everything that she's focused on. And one of the main things, of course, the PRO Act, we're all focused on. Um, in today's Albany Times Union, there's a uh, Labor Day op-ed from our president, Mario Salento, that, that talks about the need and the value of the PRO Act. Absolutely. It's, it's one of the major topics. And, and she's been, you know, proactive on everything, right? Mm-hmm. So the, the PRO Act, I think, has been renamed to the Richard L. Trumka right. uh, PRO Act, which right. is important. And, and we're going to be making every phone call we can. We're going to have uh, postcards that you can send to Schumer and Gillibrand to encourage them to, to keep fighting for it. They're both on board, but we can never do enough. Um, you know, so, so it is the number one topic. And I got to say, uh, it was nice seeing Liz Schuler or nice hearing from Liz Schuler uh, today because I was back at the first Next Generation conference where she's been advocating for mm-hmm. young workers to be involved in the union, to be active, mm-hmm. and going to South by Southwest technology conferences and talking to video game developers. I mean, she really has a a good grasp on getting the next generation mm-hmm. involved and reaching out to them and making sure they're part of the process. It's exciting to see what she's going to do and, and to work with her to get that accomplished. One of the things we were talking about after um, we had just ended our conversation with President Schuler too, is that the national AFL-CIO, they're going to be starting up their podcast again, which is great. We need more voices out there. So we encourage people um, to go ahead and tune into that as well. Absolutely. And while you're doing that, find our podcast, rate it, Give us five stars. Share it with your friends. Look for us on Facebook, Twitter. Uh, We're out there. Participate, share, and let's spread the word. Absolutely. Thanks, Kevin. And again, happy Labor Day. Same to you. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Union Strong Podcast. If you like what you're hearing, you can subscribe and give us a rating. This has been a production of the New York State AFL-CIO. Our president is Mario Salento. Our secretary-treasurer is Terry Melvin. We're a federation of 3,000 unions representing 2.5 million union members, retirees, and their families with one goal, to raise the standard of living and quality of life of all working people. We keep New York State unions strong by fighting for better wages, better benefits, and better working conditions. For more information on the labor movement in New York, visit nysaflcio.org. Until next time, stay union and stay strong.